Hi, Harry Mai. Welcome to this episode of the Windows on Dementia podcast. My name is Lanita Russell and I am the Principal Advisor Services and Standards at Alzheimer's New Zealand. The last two years have been challenging for all of us living in Aotearoa, New Zealand. For those of us who are older or have other health issues such as dementia, it has been a particularly worrying and anxious time. With COVID restrictions easing and the virus not disappearing anytime soon, what does the future hold for our older and more vulnerable communities? Here to talk to us today is Dr. Nairi Kurse, the inaugural Joyce Cock Chair in Aging Well at the University of Auckland and a GP at the City Mission. She's looked after many people with dementia in primary and residential care and she actively researches ways to prevent dementia and make the lives of those with dementia and their carers better. Thanks for joining us today, Nairi. So Nairi, you connect with older people on a regular basis through your clinic and research. Can you give us some insight into what it's been like over the past two years for the people you've spoken to? Well, thank you, Lynetta, and um, it's lovely to be here with you all. I have been very worried about older people over the last two years. So at the beginning, it was clear that this was a very significant virus and protection was the absolute paramount need. And so, of course, everybody closed down. Residential aged care became fortressed. People in the community stayed home. We did our best to try to encourage people to keep active in their bubbles, but it really was necessary to be to be put away. And in those early years, there were quite a lot of stories about how difficult that was for people with dementia, particularly in aged residential care, because they depend so much on the regular contact with their loved ones. And that regular contact with their loved ones becomes their uh, sensory input and their reason to, to communicate and keeps them interested in the world. So without that, I do know that it was really hard for older people, particularly people with resi in residential care with dementia. As the two years went by, there was a bit of easing. The other interesting thing is that during that first lockdown, Fano and family were very, very there for their older people in any way they possibly could. So there would be a regular phone call every morning from the daughter or the son. There would be people at the windows waving, trying to communicate. And then, of course, as we eased, everyone went back to work. And so there wasn't the same availability of people to do that connecting and that and that regular. And so, you know, people again were feeling isolated. So the easings were good for community, but potentially not so good for the older person. And now I think this current situation is particularly difficult because the world is kind, to go, kind of going back to work and back to activities. But what about our older people? So, you know, I really value this opportunity. I think it's time for us all to take a step back, a helicopter view, and think about our older people with more focus. Thank you. Look, it's, it's, you know, you reminded me, I forgot how we were all so social in that first lockdown, how, we, you know, I would be sitting here and looking out the window and people would be waving and walking and all that connection. And I had forgotten that and it hasn't been happening. Very, very important point. So thank you. 
But COVID is still very much out there. And each day we're hearing of people becoming very sick and even some dying. As restrictions ease and life starts to open up again, how are people feeling? What are they telling you? Well, I think it's quite a confusing time for families and a confusing time for aged residential care. We do get these numbers all the time. And so we just have to rethink our context. Our context in New Zealand is that most people are vaccinated and most people are double vaccinated and we're getting there with the boosters. And this is a little reminder for everybody to go along and get their booster. Those who are boosted tend to not be very affected by this Omicron variation, variety. And so, of course, there may be other varieties, but this Omicron seems to be relatively low danger. The numbers are clear, though. Those who are dying tend to be in the older age groups. There are some in the younger age groups as well. Uh, but the numbers of infections in these age groups are very high across the board. So it's a very low number of people being severely affected compared to all the people who have the infection at the same time. The response to this Omicron, particularly in age residential care, has been quite varied. In some places, uh, aged residential care has maintained a really tight fortress around their um, older people even though there are some outbreaks in some facilities, there are staff with there are staff with the disease very frequently, and I understand that's been the main issue is actually the staff being able to come to work. And so I know I know my colleagues who look after people regularly in age residential care, even the GPs and the practice nurses and the receptionists at the practice have been into age residential care to do shifts on the floor feeding, bathing, um, spending time, all of that. There's been a huge response to keep those older people comfortable and happy. But some facilities, you can have a picnic on the lawn with your whānau and family. It is possible to visit and there are activities going on. So I think that's the confusion is this variation in response. Retirement villages. Each retirement village makes its own decision about whether they let visitors in or whether they don't whether the older people are encouraged to go to activities or not. So these different approaches in different places and organisations around New Zealand, you know, is confusing for people. From, from my point of view, it is time to get back to a little bit of, you know, social contact. The downsides of not being connected are significant and they are worse for people with dementia and cognitive impairment. And that is because people with dementia and cognitive impairment, they need that regular input with people that love them and know them to stimulate them. I saw a beautiful little article and stuff written by Charlotte Muru Lanning, where she had regularly been doing her grandma's um, nails. Every Friday she would go, they would have a lovely interaction. They would laugh, they would talk about the family. Grandma looked for Charlotte and then, of course, since Omicron came, she couldn't do that. And they have all noticed that grandma has declined a little bit and want to get back to regular contact. So is it time for that? I think it's really time to weigh up the risks and benefits of that in a vaccinated population where 
In some facilities where they have an outbreak, it's no different than usual. People are sitting up, having a cup of tea, keeping track of the staff and the activities in the, in the facilities. So it can be quite a mild illness. That balance, I think, is important. So we are protected with vaccination now. And I think that, you know, these as the restrictions ease, we should get our older people on that train to um, increasing activities as well. Given all the uncertainty, what do you recommend that people do to reconnect with their communities and support networks? Okay, well, you know, I'm always in danger of saying the wrong thing. Uh, And so my recommendations are my personal opinion. There is no strong recommendation from the Ministry of Health at this time. And I think that is kind of what people might be waiting for. But I think people can do some of their own thinking and of their own situation, understand their own situation the best. Of course, reconnecting safety, safely online is straightforward if you have the digital technology to do that. Reconnecting safely outside is a very good idea. We know that outside is safer. And if you reconnect inside, you, the masks are there to provide some protection. So use your mask. I think it's time for all our people interested in working with older people who deliver activities regularly to get back to work and to start those activities again and work out ways where both sides are comfortable with with this. We've just started training for RGM again, the Ronnie Gardner method, in case you didn't know, in big rooms with people distanced from each other and masks on and seems that we're all comfortable with that. I think exercise programs, which have gone online, are now starting to cautiously bring people back into a big room where there's enough room to be separate. And I think that it's time now for residential aged care to start the diversional therapy programs to get people interested in things. Physical activity and social activity is very important. And that cognitive challenge that goes with social interactions is really important for people with dementia. Of course, one size doesn't fit all and there's no blanket recommendation. If you are someone with significant lung disease or someone who is is really very frail, you of course should be more cautious. But on the other side of that, that interaction and cognition and social interaction is just as important for those people. So let's see if we can't work out how to do this in a safe way where people are comfortable. So the protections that we've put in place, Nairi, while no doubt helping to keep us safe, can also be really isolating, as you've discussed and talked about, Um, and particularly probably for those living in the community and and their own little individual homes or units. Yeah, very much so. So how do we balance all this with making sure that we're making the most of our lives and keeping ourselves well in all senses of that word, you know, the well-being. Yes, I think that um, more and more research is focusing on well-being than just hard health outcomes like hospitalizations. But I think from the beginning of COVID, there has been a realisation of the balance between human rights and public health imperatives. Human rights, everyone has a right to have time with their loved ones. They have a right to be taken care of in the best way possible. They have a right to make a choice about what to do. 
the public health imperatives are set to protect people and to um, and to enable those rights to be enacted. So it's a balance. They're not necessarily contradicting each other. And of course, you can't have human rights if you're not alive. So that's the bottom line. <laughs> but the balance of those risks and benefits, I think it's time to discuss out in the open. For those with poor cognition, the risks of not connecting with other people and not seeing people is much larger. And it's time for families, whānau, caregivers, uh, health providers, the older people themselves to have a voice in this area. For the older person at home alone, it is time for our social services to be socially responsible, reconnect and start actually really involving those people. It's also time for those people to make that active choice and demand that or ask for that or reach out. Our older people tend to be very stoic and not to be demanding. They're very considerate. They do not want to be a bother. So it's time for us to bother them to say, what are you interested in? How can we, you know, your bridge class is starting, your bridge, regular bridge is starting up again. Come on, off you go. The walking groups are on the way. Everyone should be having this conversation so that everyone's comfortable with what's happening. Older people have lost condition. I know this from primary health care. I also think it's time for primary health care to step up and invite people back into their um, surgeries for face-to-face -face visits. Some people haven't had their blood pressure checked for two years and they're on blood pressure medications. Yes, they may have had blood tests, they may have talked to their doctor a lot, but there's nothing quite like putting that stethoscope on the chest, like having that contact with the person to see that they've become frailer, to see that they're actually thriving and doing very well. Let's get back to usual proactive preventive primary health care with our GPs and with our nurses and our nurse practitioners. So that's... um. You know, is it recommendations? Uh, it sort of is. I think, you know, there's definitely a clearing in the in the way Omicron's happening. We are past the peak. There may be something around the corner, but we've got to protect ourselves from decline in the meantime. So let's get out there and at it. I think that's great messaging, Nairi. And, and certainly, you know, there's the well-being, the social connectedness, but there's also that that health aspect and you you mentioned and you know elder people are often very stoic or they may think that everybody else is so much more unwell than them and they need the attention instead of putting themselves first so that is a really important message finally though as the chair in aging well what are the main takeaways that you want to leave our listeners with Okay, so takeaway messages. Social isolation is harmful for cognition and well-being. Social isolation and loneliness is a bit of an epidemic that as a society we're starting to get ahead around, but we haven't moved to action. The COVID-19 epidemic has really put a block in, the, in those developments. So maintaining connections safely, be it online, be it outdoors, be it indoors with a mask, is really important for everybody. The other takeaway message to encourage providers to get 
back onto it with older people. As a society, we need to be much more old-aged friendly, if you like. We've now got dementia-friendly cities. We've got age-friendly cities. But actually, we need that to come down to the social activity level as well. I'd like to encourage families in Fano to prioritise in-person contact with their older relatives. Yes, everybody's back at work. Yes, the kids are back at school and sports on again. But grandma and grandpa and the kaumatua are still essentially important to those family units. And that intergenerational contact is the most important thing for those older people. And finally, go see your GP. Get checked out properly. We're all trying to catch up on missed opportunities and that preventive care. Kiora Nairi, thank you so much for giving us the time today. We really appreciate it, and I know that others will enjoy hearing your message. Thank you. Also want to thank you, Lynetta, and the Alzheimer's New Zealand organisation for the great work that you do in this space for all of your clients and caregivers. <laughs>